This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Elon Musk is dropping all kinds of hints about where battery development is going, even before Tesla holds its much-anticipated battery day on September 22nd that has Tesla fans giddy with excitement. The Panasonic 2170 battery cells that Tesla uses have an energy density of 260 watt-hours per kilogram. But Musk tweeted out, that's probably going to 400 watt-hours in the next three to four years. That suggests Tesla could chop the battery pack in half without losing any range, which would significantly cut the cost of its cars. Tesla also teased a picture on its website that looks like the image from an electron microscope. Reuters quotes a battery expert from South Korea who believes it shows a silicon nanowire anode, which could increase energy density and battery life. Tesla's stock briefly rallied on the news, then settled back down again. So we're probably going to see more teases like this over the next month. One of the things that has held back EV adoption is low residual values. But that could change thanks to the Tesla Model 3. It's only a small sample size, but early data shows the Model 3 is retaining its value better than other small luxury vehicles, and it sells quickly once it hits the used market. According to iccars.com, it was the fastest-selling used car between March and June of this year, only taking about 30 days on average to sell. And three-year-old Model 3s only lost about 10% of their value on average. The Model 3 has done a good job of retaining its value because there isn't really a comparable alternative in the used market, and inventory is low, so you have to pay up to get one. And Tesla's over-the-air updates help improve the vehicle as it ages. Speaking of EVs, Hyundai's in-house supplier company called Hyundai Mobis wants to sell EV components to other automakers. Even though it already does business with some other automakers, Mobis gets 90% of its revenue from the Hyundai Group. But the only way it can get the economies of scale it needs to drive down the cost of EV components is to sell them to as many automakers as it can. Hyundai wants to capture 10% of the global EV market by 2025, and it can only get there if it can cut the cost of its electric vehicles. The world is changing at an ever-increasing pace. No matter what the mode of transportation, there is always the need for an efficient propulsion system. And that's exactly what Borg Warner has been doing since the earliest days of the automotive industry. Engineer from anywhere. Perform tests from your office, lab, or living room. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing, we have you covered. Our hardware and software is trusted all over the world. Global company headquartered in Troy, Michigan. Intrepid Control Systems. Most automakers are struggling due to the pandemic, but not Mazda. While its sales are down in the U.S., it's far less than any other automaker this year. And as a result, it's picking up market share. On AutoLine this week, Jeff Guyton, the president of Mazda North America, talked about how it's been able to navigate the downturn. You know, what's interesting to us, when we look at market share in Mazda, because we're modestly sized and we don't participate in the whole industry in the U.S., uh, when we look at our share, 
actually it's tempting to see it as something that's exploded after uh, the whole COVID crisis began. But we actually saw it beginning to trend uh, well at the end of last year, last calendar year, uh, after the introduction of CX-30. And there are a number of factors, including CX-30, but we've seen a pretty steady upward trend uh, since then. Um, and we're really excited uh, first about CX-30, but also about the fact that uh, we have now completed more than 140 of our, we call them retail evolution uh, outlets. Um, and that's really changing the face of Mazda in the United States, both in terms of appearance and also customer experience. Um, then coming out of the pandemic, we also uh, launched a partnership with Mazda Financial Services, which is powered by Toyota. Uh, and that's also making a big impact on our sales. So we see a pretty steady upward trend uh, for our share, uh, starting even before the pandemic. For more about Mazda and its plans in North America, you can watch that entire show right now on our website or YouTube channel. When most automakers are closing or scaling back their subscription services, Porsche is actually expanding its. The automaker introduced a new single vehicle subscription program that is offered alongside its multi-vehicle subscription, which allows users to switch between models. The new service allows access to a single model for one or three months starting on September 25th, and it's available in Los Angeles, Atlanta, Phoenix, and San Diego. Pricing ranges from $1,500 to $2,600 a month, depending on the model. But those who choose the one-month subscription will have to pay a nearly $600 activation fee as well. Porsche says it's launching the new service due to member feedback. But the subscription program in general also attracts new people to the brand, with 80% of participants new to Porsche, many of whom are much younger than the average age of its current buyers. An Australian company called Doftech developed an interesting solution to improve vehicle performance while also improving emissions. Its active wheel alignment system electronically adjusts the camber, caster, and toe of the front wheels of a vehicle in real time to the conditions of the road. Doftech says the system is compatible with existing suspension geometries and improves handling by 15%, reduces rolling resistance by 10%, and peak tire temperatures by 10% as well. We love the idea of being able to push our car even further to the limits on the track or getting the best possible fuel economy going to the grocery store and all while getting even more service life out of our tires. But messing up your vehicle suspension is already an expensive repair and we wonder what this would add to the cost. The new Rolls-Royce Ghost makes its world premiere in just one week and to hold us over until then, the company is showing off one of its features. It's a bespoke illuminated fascia located in the interior of the vehicle on the passenger side of the dashboard. The Ghost nameplate is surrounded by 850 stars, which are invisible when the car is not in operation. It's made up of 152 LEDs that are located above and beneath the fascia, which are color matched with the clock and instrument dial lighting. While it doesn't look like much, it took two years and over 10,000 hours to develop, but it was deliberately minimalistic based on feedback from current ghost owners who didn't want a busy design.
Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires. Your journey, our passion. Intrepid Control Systems. Over-the-air engineering. Boost your game. And by Borg Warner. Propulsion solutions that support a clean, energy-efficient world. We had a Toyota RAV4 Prime, a plug-in hybrid, and a Toyota Venza, a dedicated hybrid, come through the Autoline garage. And it's fascinating to compare the two together. Toyota is clearly trying to see how it can maximize sales in the crossover segment, even though, under the skin, each of these vehicles look very similar. They both sit on Toyota's TNGA platform and both have the same 2.5-liter gasoline engine and the same CVT. They also have the same wheelbase and track and very similar interior dimensions. But the Prime gets more powerful electric motors than the Venza does. While the Prime delivers 302 total horsepower, the Venza delivers 219. And the Prime can go from 0 to 60 miles an hour in 5.7 seconds, according to Toyota, while the Venza does it in 7.6 seconds, according to Car and Driver. The EPA says the Venza will deliver 39 miles to the gallon, while the RAV4 Prime delivers 38. But being a plug-in, the Prime can travel 42 miles in EV mode and is also rated at 94 MPGE. So the RAV4 Prime is clearly faster and more fuel efficient. But you pay substantially more for that performance. The one we drove was priced at $48,000, while the loaded Venza came in at $41,000. One thing is for sure, both these vehicles are infinitely better than they were a few years ago. The Venza and RAV4 are now very well put together, but they used to be hollow-sounding boxes with plenty of shake, rattle, and roll. In fact, the Venza sold so poorly that Toyota yanked it off the market in 2015 and is just now bringing it back. The question is why? After all, the RAV4 is Toyota's best-selling vehicle in the American market. But maybe Toyota thinks that with some different styling and a few tweaks here and there, it can take that platform and squeeze a few more sales out of the CUV segment. Even though General Motors keeps hyping its future EVs like the Cadillac Lyric, what's going into its showrooms right now are its all-new full-size SUVs. That includes the Tahoe, Suburban, Yukon, and Escalade. And to learn more about them, we have Tim Herrick, the vice president of GM's global products, coming on Autoline After Hours. GM absolutely dominates that segment, and we'll learn how it plans to maintain its dominance. So join John and Gary this Thursday for a deep dive into some of the most profitable vehicles in the automotive industry. But that's it for today's show. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again tomorrow.